Good day. We're continuing on with our subject of the Antichrist, and we are looking at the Antichrist now in the Gospels and the Epistles. So the Old Testament and the New Testament have quite a few things that are in common, and uh, there are also obviously some notable contrasts between them. So when I speak generally, the one is principally prophetic and the other is mainly to teach. So there is more said in the Old Testament about the future of Israel than there is in the New Testament. Much more is said in the Old Testament than in the New Testament to describing the conditions during the tribulation period. And there's far more revealed in the prophets about the Antichrist than there is revealed through the writings of the apostles. However, there is one exception, and that is the book of Revelation. There is more concerning the person, the career of the man of sin in the book of Revelation than in the rest of the New Testament period. Now, in the Gospels, there are a few direct references to the Antichrist, but uh, there are also a number of indirect references to him, so we're going to be looking at some of those as well. So the Antichrist receives, as we go into the epistles, he receives even less mention there than he does in the four Gospels. So without further ado, let's head into the Gospel of Matthew, of Matthew and let us look at some descriptions of the, anti, of the Antichrist in the Gospel of Matthew. So we'll go to Matthew chapter 24 verses 4 to 5. Jesus said, answered, Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. For many will come in my name misusing it and appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, and they will mislead many. Verse 11 Many false prophets will appear and mislead many. Deception, false Christs and false prophets are going to precede the coming of the false prophet and antichrist. They are going to be the arch tops, the arch enemy, the arch deceivers. And Antichrist is the sea champion of the devil, Satan incarnate. But before he arrives, the world is going to be flooded, awash, with people representing the Antichrist. And remember, in the eight important points that I spoke to you about, you've got to remember three things about the Antichrist. There will be many Antichrists. There's going to be the one Antichrist and there's going to be the spirit of Antichrist. And you've got to learn how to recognize where the, these, these entities operate. And many, many of the Antichrists and the spirit of Antichrist is going to be specifically operating in the remnant church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Antichrist is going to come in his name as the Christ. So let's go to verse 15 of Matthew 24. Bring that up. 
here it is. So when we reach verse 15, so going through here, Jesus is talking about many is coming, many are going to come in my name, deceive many, etc. A lot of deception coming around. And then in verse 15, we now have a clear picture of the Antichrist. So when you see the abomination of desolation, that's it. The abomination of desolation, the appalling sacrilege that astonishes and makes desolate, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place. Let the reader understand. So Jesus is quoting Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. From the time that the regular sacrifice, that is the daily burnt offering, is taken away, the abomination of desolation is set up, ruining the temple of worship of the true God, there will be 1,290 days. So we're getting more and more of a picture of the Antichrist and the, and, and the time that he's going to be basically ruling during this period of time. Let's look at some more passages of scripture, one in Daniel and one in Revelation. Daniel 9, 27. And this is the beginning of the seven years. And he will enter into a binding and irrevocable covenant with the many for one week, seven years. But in the middle of the week, he will stop the sacrifice and grain offering for the remaining three and one half years. And on the wing of the abominations will come one who makes desolate even until the complete, complete destruction, one that is decreed, is poured out on the one who causes the horror. So here we have the beginning of the, the um, seven-year period, the breaking halfway through of the seven-year period, and now the abomination of desolation that gets set up the final three and a half years of the Antichrist. Over in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11 to 15, Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence when the two are together. And he makes the earth and, the, the, uh, and those who inhabit it worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs, awe-inspiring acts, even making fire fall from the sky to the earth right before people's eyes. And he deceives those unconverted ones who inhabit the earth into believing him because the signs which he is given by Satan to perform in the presence of the first beast, telling those who inhabit the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded fatally by the sword and has come back to life. So, verse 15, And he has given power to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast will even appear to speak and cause those who do not bow down and worship the image of the beast to be put to death. What we have here in this passage is the false prophet with signs and wonders pointing to the Antichrist. And this, I believe, is the first three and a half years of the seven, the building up, the putting into place of the Antichrist's final government. Now, there's a couple of things that I've extracted out of that passage and I want to just share with you. The first one is an image is going to be made to the Antichrist. So there's in Revelation 13, 15. So there's going to be an image, a statue, a robot, 
Number two, this image is going to stand in the holy place. Matthew 24 verse 15. That is, in Jerusalem there's going to be a rebuilt temple. Halfway through the seven years, this image is going to be placed in the Holy of Holies in that temple. Number three, the image will receive supernatural power because it has the ability to speak. Revelation 13, 15. Ability to speak and kill. Robot. AI. AI that is demonically empowered. A demonically infused robot. Number four. The image will be an object of worship and those who refuse to worship it will be killed. Revelation 13 verse 14 and 15. And number five. The image is termed, is called the abomination of desolation. The term abomination is an Old Testament expression connected with idolatry. And it signifies some special idol or false god. Okay. Listen to these scriptures. With regards to what I've just said. Deuteronomy 7.26 You shall not bring an, um, uh, an abomination, an idol, into your house. And like it, come under the ban doomed to destruction. You shall utterly detest and you shall utterly hate it, for it is something banned. 1 Kings chapter 11, 5-7 For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the fertility goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the horror detestable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil things in the sight of the Lord, and did not follow the Lord fully as his father David had done. Then Solomon built a high place for the worshipping Chemosh, the horrid detestable god idol of Moab, on the hill which is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the horror detestable idol of the sons of Ammon. So, the sixth point here that I want to make with regards to this idol is... The abomination or idol god will be set up in the middle of Daniel's 70th week. So, this is the start of the three and a half year Antichrist career on earth. And we've discussed all the events in and around the beginning of these three and a half years. The taking away of the daily sacrifice occurs when the Antichrist takes power, unmasks himself as the defiler of heaven, and now says, there will be no more worship on this earth unless you are worshipping me. And I think that, I think personally that you'll have a lot of these images, a lot of these abominations set up around the world, and there will be like, like um, the, 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 the Daniel with, um, oh, just the name just forgot, I've forgot me where, he set up an idol and they had to bow at the sound of the music and if they didn't bow, they get thrown into the fire. Forgot the king's name. Anyway, you'll know it. So it'll be something like that and it'll start a, a program or program of, of 
hunting down those who worship the true God and um, basically giving them the option. Bow or get your head cut off. So now the Antichrist stands fully revealed. His career now begins, the final career now begins. First seven, three and a half years is the build-up, getting everything into place. Now he assumes power and it's clearly written, it's clearly manifest in all the scriptures that I see. From this point onwards, every believer needs to be aware, be aware, beware. Mid seven years, that's your bug out point. If you are not out at this point in time, you're on dangerous ground. You will be hunted. You will be confronted by either his people or by what I think these idols, these abominations. And you will be given your choice. Martyrdom or worship the beast. Hand over your eternal future with Jesus for three and a half years where you don't get murdered. Or you become a tribulation saint. That's the choice that you have if you haven't bugged out by that time. Revelation 13, 14 to 15. And he deceives those unconverted ones who inhabit the earth into believing him because of the signs which he is given by Satan to perform in the presence of the first beast, telling those who inhabit the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded fatally by the sword and has come back to life. And he is given power to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast will appear to speak and cause those who do not bow down and worship the image of the beast to be put to death. Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> now remember. Okay, now this reminds me of Nebuchadnezzar. Because uh, he set up this golden image of himself, or his people said to him, put up this golden image of yourself, get everyone to bow down and worship him. Worship and, and, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they did not bow. Worship or die, they did not bow. They were thrown into the fire. God was present. You know the story. Listen to what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter 24, uh, verse 16 to 21 about this. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains for refuge. Whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get the things that are in his house, because there will not be enough time. Verse 18, whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his coat. And woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. Pray that your flight from persecution and suffering will not be in the winter or on a Sabbath when the Jewish laws prohibit travel. For at that time there will be a great tribulation, pressure, distress, oppression, such as has never, has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will again the next reference we have of the antichrist 
in Matthew is 23 to 26. Matthew 24 verse 23 to 26. Then if anyone says to you during the great tribulation, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and they will provide great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even the elect God's chosen. Listen carefully, I have told you in advance. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out there. Or look, he is in the inner room or of a house, do not believe it. I want to read this passage in Revelation again. Revelation chapter 13 verse 11 to 15. And I want you to see what the false prophet will be doing during the first three and a half years. Building up to that marking point where the great tribulation begins. Verse 11. Then I saw another beast rising up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb and he spoke like a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. When the two are together and he makes the earth and those who inhabit it worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs or inspiring acts, even making fire fall from the sky to the earth right before people's eyes. And he deceives those unconverted ones who inhabit the earth into believing him because of the signs which he is given by Satan to perform in the presence of the first beast, telling those who inhabit the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded fatally by the sword and has come back to life. And he is given power to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast will even appear to speak and cause those who do not bow down and worship the image of the beast to be put to death. Right. Let us move on. Antichrist in the book of John. John chapter 5, verse 43. I have come in my Father's name and with his power, and you did not receive me because your minds are closed. But if another comes in his own name and with no authority or power except his own, you will receive him and give your approval to an imposter. Could this be speaking of the Antichrist in connection with unbelieving Israel? So what happens here, in my view, is, is it draws a double contrast between the son of God and the son of perdition if this is speaking about Antichrist and Israel the Antichrist coming because they rejected Jesus so the Antichrist comes and Israel accepts him will they receive him the Antichrist as the long-awaited Messiah Will they receive him as their king? Will they receive him as their promised deliverer? Because remember, the seven years begins just after the Psalm 83 war. So Israel will have come through a devastating war. The world will be shocked. Israel will be stunned by what takes place in that war. And they sign a peace treaty. So what happens here now? When they take his protection, will they bow 
to his image or is this going to be a slow process until he puts his image in their temple then they reject him and then his ferocity and force and violence and hatred come against them and the, and the armies start to gather now to take possession of the land it's just thoughts that i have with regards to that passage is this passage of scripture that you find in john okay let's jump into the epistle uh, the the epistles so let's look at 2 thessalonians chapter 2 so this to me is in the epistles one of the main passages concerning the antichrist so i want to read to you uh, the whole epistle and then i want to go back to verse 3 now in regard to the coming of our lord jesus christ and our gathering together to meet him we ask you brothers and sisters not to be quickly unsettled or alarmed either by so-called prophetic revelation of a spirit or a messenger or a letter alleged to be from us to the effect that the day of the lord has already come let no one in any way deceive or entrap you for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first that is the great rebellion the abandonment of the faith by professed christians and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction the antichrist the one who is destined to be destroyed verse 4 who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and so insolently above every so-called god or object of worship so that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple of god publicly proclaiming that he himself is god do you not remember that when i was still with you i was telling you these things and you know what restraints what restrains him now from being revealed it is so that he will be revealed at his own appointed time for the mystery of lawlessness rebellion against divine authority and the coming reign of lawlessness is already at work but it is now restrained only until he who restrains it is taken out of the way then the lawless one the antichrist will be revealed and the lord jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by the appearance of his coming the coming of the antichrist the lawless one is through the activity of satan attended with great power all kinds of counterfeit miracles and deceptive signs and false wonders all of them lies and by unlimited seduction to evil and with all the deception of wickedness for those who are perishing because they did not welcome the love of truth of the gospel so as to be saved they were spiritually blind and rejected the truth that would have saved them verse 11 because of this god will send them a misleading influence an activity of error and deception so that they will believe the lie in order that all may be judged and condemned who do not believe the truth about their sin and the need for salvation through christ but instead took pleasure in unrighteousness but we should and are morally obliged obligated as debtors always to give thanks to god for you believers beloved by the lord because god has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctifying work of the spirit that sets you apart for god's purposes and by your faith in the truth of god's word that leads you to spiritual maturity verse 14 it was to this end that he called you through our gospel the good news of jesus death burial and resurrection 
so that you may obtain and share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold tightly to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and the God our Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting comfort and encouragement and a good, well-founded hope of salvation by his grace, comfort and encourage and strengthen your hearts, keeping them steadfast and, of course, in every good work and word. That is powerful. And if you had to go and read it again slowly, you can basically by yourself begin to fit that chapter in from pre-seven years through into the seven years, halfway into the seven years, all the way to the end of the seven years. Let me draw your attention to verse 3 and let me read verse 3 again. Let no one in any way deceive or entrap you, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. That is the great rebellion, the abandonment of the faith by professed Christians. The man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, the Antichrist, the one who is destined to be destroyed. In no other passage is the word diabolus applied to anyone but Satan himself. Just as the Lord Jesus Christ is God incarnate, Judas became Satan incarnate. The devil entered Judas. Judas is a type of of Antichrist, a foreshadow, because he came and sold out the Lord Jesus Christ. Here he is uh, mentioned as the man of sin, the son of perdition. Now it is true that all men are sinners, according to Romans chapter 3 verse 23. But it seems that the Antichrist is going to be more than a sinner. Because he is the man of sin. He is going to be so directly opposed and opposite to Jesus Christ, who is the Holy One of God. So everything that Jesus is, he is going to be the complete opposite of. And I feel personally he is going to be completely and wholly and fully possessed in, in and, and I use the word possessed fully by Satan himself. And this man is going to be an absolute monster, a beast. Verse 4. Who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and so insolently above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple of God, publicly proclaiming himself that he himself is God. We've talked about this in Matthew, when we are dealt with this in Matthew previously. Um... And I might touch on this when I talk about the image of the beast, the mark of the beast. But here, 
this 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 passage of scripture for me correlates with the passage of scripture in Matthew where he enters the temple and sets up the abomination of desolation. So there, when you see the abomination of desolation set up in the temple, get out of Dodge. Here it says, for the mystery of lawlessness, rebellion against the divine authority and the coming reign of lawlessness is already, uh, sorry, I'm reading, I'm, I beg your pardon, I'm reading a previous verse, the next verse I want to discuss. Going back to verse 4. It's talking specifically about the Antichrist here, who opposes and exalts himself. He opposes and exalts himself so great that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple of God. So that abomination of desolation that Jesus is speaking about, Paul now comes along and speaks about it again and says that this man of sin actually goes into the temple, takes his seat in the temple, and publicly proclaims himself to be God. And then the false prophet with all signs and wonders. Now says worship this man. He is God. And a whole resurrection. Or whatever is taking place. Because he was dead. And, and, and now he's alive. And now his image is breathing. And living and talking and killing. And so you'll see how that works. Where now the world unites under the uh, the false prophet the false prophet now comes points to the antichrist and says this now is the god of the world and we will now worship him so now let's go to that verse that i was started to read by accident verse 7 and um for the mystery of lawlessness rebelling against the divine authority and the coming reign of lawlessness is already at work but it is restrained only until he who now restrains it is taken out of the way. The reason that God will suffer this satanic rudeness, my mind is just blank for a word there, is um, he, he, he's just allowing them just to go down this path more and more but there is a restrictor taking place now holding them back until that appointed time when he will withdraw that 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 restriction where he will the, the restrainer will be withdrawn and mankind who is bane through humanism to be their own god now begins to worship himself, the man of sin on the throne, and, and, and now that activates the final wrath of God. In verse 8, let me pull that up for you. Then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed, and the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by the by the appearance of his coming. So this now, that passage of scripture for me talks about, covers the three and a half years of the great tribulation. Antichrist gets revealed, begins his reign, sets it all up, sets his kingdom up, takes over the, the, the Holy Land, brings all his armies there, and now he's going to fight Revelation 19, 19 against the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus comes down, destroys him, destroys his uh, army. Armageddon takes place. And um, this passage of scripture for me 
talks about that season of three and a half years. Verse 9. The coming of the Antichrist, the lawless one, is through the activity of Satan, attended with great power, all kinds of counterfeit miracles and deceptive signs and false wonders, all of them lies. In the Deception in the Church series, I talk about not chasing after signs and wonders. And how quickly we in the church really, anything supernatural, we automatically seem to attribute it to God. And you've seen all of this taking place in the charismatic churches today where you've got these supposed glory clouds, you've got gold dust, you've got diamonds falling, you've got people talking about seeing tunnels of fire and this kind of angel and that kind of angel. Don't. Don't follow signs and wonders. Follow the Word of God and allow the preaching of the Word of God to be followed by signs and wonders. Antichrist is going to come to power through the activity of Satan. And he will be, both him and the Antichrist and probably a couple of his people, false prophets, false Christs, other Antichrists, are going to be filled with superhuman energy, supernatural energy to perform miracles. And these are not just sleight of hand. You've got to remember what we said about Pharaoh and the Pharaoh's magicians. They performed similar miracles to that of Aaron. And by means of these miracles, by means of these signs and wonders, he is going to deceive the entire world. And he will mock the miracles of Jesus Christ. As Janus and Jamres mocked the miracles of, Ab of, of Aaron in the times of Moses. He's going to put him and this and his cabal are going to produce and perform miraculous signs and wonders because it's going to be to such an extent that even the elect, even the elect are going to stand in danger of being deceived. Okay. Let me now move on to my final epistle that I'm going to be dealing with. And that is found in 1 John. Chapter 2 verse 22. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed? This is the Antichrist, the enemy and antagonist of Christ. The one who denies and consistently refuses to acknowledge the Father and the Son. I've spoken extensively about this in the um, eight points that I gave you earlier on. He will pose as the true Christ. He will come as the Savior of the world. He will come to protect the world against the invader, Jesus Christ, who is coming. But he is going to be an avowed opponent of Jesus Christ. Remember, this is the seed war. He is the arch apostate. 
and he will eventually repudiate everything or try and repudiate everything that is of God and come in the repla- into replacement of. In verse 3, And every spirit that does not confess Jesus, acknowledging that he has come in the flesh, but would deny any of the Son's true nature, is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now already in the world. The spirit of Antichrist. Alright? Is now already in operation in the world. I've shown this to you previous in previous podcasts. And if you go and look at the um, my, my podcasts on the, the, the counterfeit Christianity or the deception in the church, sorry, uh, you will see a lot of the Antichrist spirit in operation. I am going to be redoing that series in um, vlog format. So the spirit of Antichrist is already preparing the way and you can see it coming through the various philosophies of the world humanism we've discussed that and you can see it in operation in the various different denominations in the the body of christ or the church of the lord jesus christ at the moment so you can take each stream each denominational stream and look at how the spirit of antichrist is targeting each stream to get people more and more into following the spirit of antichrist which will be eventually swept up into a worldwide worship under the false prophet of the antichrist in um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7 which I previously read to you it says this for the mystery of lawlessness rebellion against the divine authority and the coming reign of lawlessness is already at work but it is restrained only until he who now restrains it is taken out of the way So the mystery of iniquity, which concerns the incarnation of Satan, is a direct opposite of the mystery of godliness, 1 Timothy 3.16, which has to do with the divine incarnation. Alright? So just as there was a long preparation by God preceding the advent of, of his son the incarnation god with us emmanuel jesus christ coming so the enemy has been preparing along the way and has been trying to bring in the advent of his seed the son of perdition and you can see this here let's look at this in timothy 3:16 and great we confess is the mystery the hidden truth of godliness he jesus christ who was revealed in human flesh was justified and vindicated in the spirit seen by angels preached among the nations believed on in the world taken up in glory the mystery of iniquity is already at work so in 1 john 4 3 We see the spirit of Antichrist at work, even now already in the world, preparing, maneuvering, jockeying everything in to this particular one point where you will have one world religion, one world government, Babylon, all under 
Emmanuel, not, not Emmanuel, but, but uh, the son of perdition. How far advanced are the preparations of Satan to bring about this crowning masterpiece of his, which is the Antichrist? I don't know. I think they're pretty far in advance. And if the restrainer wasn't here, he would activate it ASAP. But it's becoming evident to those who understand and see scripture that um, we are truly living in the end times. And I feel my personal opinion in this matter is that it is the Holy Spirit, the restrainer, who is holding off, waiting for the Father to say, now's the time. I think that's all that, that stands between us and the beginning of the seven years. The last scripture that I want to give to you before we finish the epistles and I move on into the book of Revelation is uh, 1 John 4, 3. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus, acknowledging that he has come in the flesh but would de deny any of the Son's true nature, is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now already in the world. So that's it. That is the Antichrist, uh, as I feel is mentioned in the Gospels and in the Epistles. Our next section or chapter in the Antichrist um, saga is going to be Antichrist in the book of Revelation. And then we're going to finally finish this off with Antichrist in Revelation chapter 13. Well, that's it for now. Thank you. God bless.